Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his 18-year-old son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to episode 15 of The Kitchen Table. It is a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. I'm Brian. And I'm Jake. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Again, we'd love your feedback. We have a new faith question for you this week. And new music. Music matters. And we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic when we uh, discuss culture shock today. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. So today's faith question. This week's slash today's faith question is, what does it really mean to depend or trust in God? To depend or trust in God. What does that mean? Here within our culture in the United States, it's all about independence. Mm -hmm. You know, this country is formed on us striking out and forging our own nation and this mindset of independence, of doing it ourselves, or pulling yeah. ourselves up by the bootstraps and just going for it. For us as followers of Christ to then slam on the brakes and saying it's actually about us being totally dependent on God mm -hmm. and trusting in Him. Depending on God, first and foremost, is the basic of the Christian life. We depend on God for our salvation. We depend on God for wisdom. And when it comes down to it, read Psalm 104, verse 27. We depend on God for everything and in everything. Depending on God is vitally important. That trust factor, vitally important. But there is a difference between trusting God and putting God to the test. He doesn't want us to live foolishly, right? Mm -hmm. For example, you have strep throat. I've had my fair share of strep throat. You have had strep throat. I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to get prescription filled antibiotics. I'm going to trust God to heal me. That's a foolish act. Yeah. Strep throat can get much worse, turn into other things. It can kill you. God has given us doctors and medicine for that kind of a situation. He uses doctors and medicine person driving a car. You know the song, Jesus Take the Wheel? It's a country song. You probably don't no, know. No, I, I know it. Okay. Well, you're not going to drive down the road and say, you know what? I'm going to trust God today. I'm just going to let go of the wheel and shut my eyes. That's a vine. Is it? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know that. So one. it's it's a, a vine is like a little short seven second clip. And it's really funny. The song is playing, Jesus Take the Wheel. And the car's driving. The guy just lets go of the wheel. And then all of a sudden you see this guy who's dressed up like Jesus come swoop into the car like he's flying and grabs the wheel. And it's really funny. Funny. Literally got a phone call before we jumped into the studio from someone who having a rough time of their life, going through a lot of stuff. I mm -hmm. uh, was actually a listener to the radio station and, and just sharing that lots going on. And, and so I asked if I could pray for her and prayed for her on the phone. And I reminded her that, you know, God does give us more than we can handle. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to trust in him. When we look at how we can truly depend on God, there are ways that we can help ourselves in doing this. So I wanted to share some of those today. That's all right. Practical ways to depend on God and on God alone. Because really, you can't depend on anybody else. You can't even depend on yourself because you're flawed, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of faith religions will say it's all about you. You can fix the problem. You know, that's the whole new age movement. Scientology the same way. You fix yourself. It's not true. You can't fix yourself. There's no other way around it. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Some practical ways to depend on God alone. The first is prayer. How's your prayer life going? An acknowledgement of God's power, his promises, his provision. When you pray to God, what are you doing? You're showing your dependence on him when you cry out to him. We talked about prayer last week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another way is honor God's word, the Bible. The word of God has got information. It's got instructions. 
It's got examples. It's got promises. So a way of showing your dependence on God is to constantly be in his word. And that's the issue of today. Even though we have an app and it's the most popular app ever created, a Bible, we still have fewer and fewer people that truly understand the word of God. Just because the app's on your phone doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you know yeah, doesn't yeah. mean you know the word of God. Another way we can show a practical way to depend on God is to just simply do right. Yeah. All situations, you know what is right in situations. If you if you have a question about a certain situation, what you should do and whether it's right or wrong, and seek the counsel of wise friends, get into God's word, ask God. You know, God speaks through his Holy Spirit. You know, you'll have a peace and a calm over it. Maybe it won't be verbal words like we've talked about before in, the, in other podcasts. We've got to do right. We have to do our part. Another way that we can, a uh, practical way we can depend on God and God alone is to be a living sacrifice. You know what being a living sacrifice is? Being open to doing God's work. In Romans 12, it talks about, you know, offering up our bodies as a living sacrifice. It talks about a sacrifice because in that, of course, Bible times, sacrifices were were animals that were purified, clean. They only wanted, you know, that kind of thing. And so they use the analogy, of course, at this time in Scripture, of offering up ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord, making sure that we are clean, living right, making those right decisions. But when we offer yourself up, it's self-surrender. And when we do self-surrender, we're surrendering ourselves to God's will. We're surrendering our own self-independence, if you will, to God's will. You cease fighting for your own rights. You give up trusting in your own strength. And as you learn to become that living sacrifice that he wants us to become, you discover truth, the truth of, like it says in 2 Corinthians 12, chapter 10, when I am weak, that's when God is strong. And that's when we become strong because he is the one that provides that strength to us. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Abide in Christ, another way that we can definitely show a practical way to depend on God. God is our our dwelling place. Mm-hmm. There is such this perfect connection to him. And a lot of times when you're going through things, you don't feel that perfect connection, but he's there. He's there. We just acknowledge him and he's there. Jesus put it this way, remain in me as I also remained in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That's showing a dependency on Christ. You know, they, they use that analogy of branches of the grapevine, and they can actually graft vines into this. They graft fruit trees together and create new fruits. Did you really? know that? And so that's what it is. You are being grafted in to that vine, which is Jesus. And when the, the branch is attached to the vine, it fulfills a new purpose. And that's another way that you can show a practical dependency upon God. Refuse to worry. I don't know about you. Worrying is just a part of human nature, I believe. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why it is God created us this way. And then in Scripture, he says, don't worry. It's almost like he knew that he wanted to create us a certain way, yet also wanting us to do something that's completely opposite of the way we're created. Maybe that's how sin crept in, you know, when Adam and me were in the garden. Maybe there wasn't worry in the garden. And worry is only a result of sin. Hmm. Maybe our own self-preservation and our independence streak that we have now as humans, maybe that is the creation of sin and the fallen humanity. This is just things I'm throwing out there. Yeah, no, I get you. So we need to abide in him. We need to refuse to worry. God cares for his children. Man, you want to read a great chapter on worry, Matthew 6. 
Cast all your anxiety on him. That's in 1 Peter 5, 7, because he cares for you. All your anxiety on yourself is to doubt God's care. Remember that. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Steps to trust God with all of our heart. We have to come to the realization that it doesn't depend on us and we can't depend on ourselves. We live in a world where trust must be earned, correct? Yeah. Seems like it's in short supply. We don't trust anybody. We always question, we always are suspect of anybody until they earn our trust. That's because we, again, it goes back to our self-centeredness. We're trying to understand this on our own, but Proverbs 3 talks about this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's all of our being. Lean not on our understanding of this. Mm -hmm. So when we face struggles in life, we have been taught in our culture that we can only depend upon ourselves. Again, that phrase that I've mentioned before in, in this podcast, God will never give you more than you can handle. We talked about that in one of our Culture Shock segments. That's the biggest lie in Christianity. You will have things happen in your life, and it's going to be more than you can handle. And that's because he wants you to rely on him, depend on him, trust in him. Yeah. So depending on him and trusting in him completely, is it easy? No. Has there been a time in your life when you've had to say, I don't get it, but I'm going to trust him? Yeah, I think the whole, so with starting college and everything, with the process of orientation and my my switching of major already, that was a really big trust step for me. I'm human and I had my life planned out. Oh, you made plans. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I've been learning about. Don't make plans with God because he'll change them. But yeah, that was a big step. So I went to a public school my freshman year and then I went to a, a Christian school for the last three years. And that was a big step of trust in God for me. There's a few. I gave you two instead of one. Okay. Two for one deal. That's awesome. Thank you. There's a book that I reread every year. Brendan Manning, uh, who's passed away now, he wrote several books in his lifetime. I've heard him speak a couple times. And when you go to hear this guy speak, he spoke with such a compassionate voice. The first time I saw him speak at a conference, literally everyone was weeping in the crowd. There was just no other way around it. One of my favorite books from him, I reread it every year, is called Ruthless Trust. Each day, we must consciously lay aside our own plans. Like I said, you made plans, mm-hmm. God's going to change them. And we also must lay aside our expectations. We have to surrender ourselves daily, daily surrender ourselves to his plan. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Another way we can trust in God, and this is important, we have to cry out to him. The actual action of crying out to God shows our dependence upon him. When we pray, which we've mentioned prayer before, how, how important it is as a part of this, we admit his ways are higher than ours. We talked about doing right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's running from evil. This world clutters up our relationship with God. It puts so many things in the way that many times we just have to realize we've, we've got to run from this. We have to focus on the things that are going to be pleasing to God. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So separating ourselves from the bad influences of our lives, these things just keep dragging us down. There has to be that separation. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Put God first in your life. It's real easy to put ourselves first in our life, honestly. 
I'm going to do this because I want the better career. I want the bigger house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to study this major because that pays more. Yeah, I'm a social wow. work major. I'm not. Yeah, you're. I'm be, not getting money. You're going to be poor. Yup. But if that's what God's calling you to, mm-hmm. He will provide. If we can trust God with the first of our wealth, we're truly showing how much we depend on Him. That's tithing. That's a part of it. Check yourself by God's word. We've mentioned that before. Getting into God's word. You know, we're really not good at evaluating ourselves to do a known self-evaluation. And the only way we can truly understand where we stand is to get into God's word. It is instructions for us. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. John 14, 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom God will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's a great thing. We need to rest in God's love. You know how freeing it is? You know, I, I'm a worrier. I'm a type A. I want to control things. You're not agreeing to this. I'm kind of surprised you're not vocalizing. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, nope. I'm nodding my head. Okay. Well, they can't hear that in a Sorry, podcast. But so. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. There is one place where I can truly rest, and that's on an airplane. When I'm I, the opposite. When I get on an airplane, I can be asleep before takeoff. And you want to know why? At that point, I don't, I don't have control over anything. Mm-hmm. The pilot is the one flying the plane. He's the one that has the controls or she's the one that has the controls. It's not me. And mm-hmm. it's interesting at that point is when I fall asleep and I can rest. I fight that. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. God sticks with us and uses the challenges of our lives to shape us. This is exactly why we can trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. He cares for us Each and every day, he gives us what we need to thrive. He pours blessings upon us. To trust in God is to place your confidence in him. Song I picked for today in Music Matters, it's called Confidence, just so you know. Tied it in, theme, thank you. (laughs) Okay. The word confidence, man, it's more than just believing. It takes belief to the next level. Having confidence in something means that we have an assurance that leads us to action. The action is that dependence, Mm -hmm. all right? When we trust in God, we have faith. It's a faith that lets us boldly serve what he wants us to do. So confidence, beyond belief, confidence should infuse our entire beings. We have confidence when we surrender ourselves and truly depend on God. Trusting God means we are acknowledging that God is everything. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, I've said this before, in all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. If we dedicate ourselves to trusting and seeking God in all circumstances, are we then to believe that life is going to be easy and no trouble is going to come on us? Because hmm. guess what? It's not going to happen that way. Yeah. It's not that life no longer has difficulties, but it's that those difficulties are nothing to fear and that we can remain confident in God in the midst of them. Th- this past Sunday at church and Sunday school, we talked about fear. And fear is an interesting concept. Do you fear God? To trust God, there is a level of fear. And I spoke up and said, no, I, I really don't like the word fear because fear means something else. You know, I grew up, it was the 70s, And in churches, they had all these movies that were literally trying to, quote, scare the hell out of you, you know, and that's a fear factor. Mm -hmm. And and scripture talks about fear, fearing the Lord. I think if they did a study of the Hebrew, the word fear from scripture probably would mean something different. I think it's like a holy respect that you have for God. Yeah. 
the word that we talked about was the word awe. We have this awe for God. I've heard I've heard pastors say that we shouldn't use the word awesome in our language and say, oh, that's just awesome. Did you go see that? That was awesome movie. That word should be reserved just for God. God is the only thing that truly can be awesome. I think it was the Ninja Turtles who basically brought that into our language today. Not sure about that. I don't know either. I know they brought Cowabunga. <laughs> That's true. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Whatever we think we know, the Lord knows more. We stand in awe of the Lord. We live in a respectful fear of Him. His holiness, His size, power, beauty, understanding, knowledge, and person are incomprehensible. You are placing your trust, your dependence on somebody who is incomprehensible. More power than you can imagine. It can't be put into words. You would think it'd be fairly easy, wouldn't you? Yeah. To trust is to receive life from Christ. When we trust in and we fear God, when we have that fearful awe, that holy respect, we become revived within. You know, Proverbs talks about it. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, it talks about the dry bones. Yeah. And how the trust and the fear of the Lord is like a drink of water to dry bones. It brings them back to life. In a culture of misplaced trust, broken promises, damaged lives, only Jesus is unshakable, unchangeable, unbreakable, and worthy of all of our trust. Only he trusted the Father perfectly with all of his heart, making straight the path for our salvation so that we too can trust him. Through him, God offers healing, wisdom, and love to our world if we only acknowledge him in all of our ways. Yeah, I just think when we're in times of trial and times of hardship, it's hard to not take it into your own hands. It's easy to, as you said, I come from, I'm your son, so I'm like you. <laughs> I'm also the type that likes to take control and to like help people. If they're in times of trial, this is my biggest struggle is to trust God in the times of that I'm being challenged. That's what I've been working on. And it's encouraging when people like, my own father say that they struggle with it. it's it's encouraging when you hear people struggling with it too because it means you're not alone in it look at dependency on god as an opportunity hmm. i read this story uh do you know this name zara babel i've heard of it <laughs> it's one of the I israel uh, israelite leaders who returned from babylon after the exile he brought with him about a thousand Jews as they went back. They were going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And of course, they had all kinds of these grandiose plans to rebuild this temple. Then they got there and they realized just the devastation that was left there. So they faced basically piles of, of nothing trying to rebuild this temple. God was telling Zerubbabel, I guess is how you say this guy's name, and the people of Judah, what he is telling us. And you can find this in Zechariah chapter 4. It said, depend on me to do the impossible. Do not calculate what can and cannot be done by the standard of your own strength and ability. Instead, depend on God and remember that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Hmm. So there's opportunity in dependence. Now the opportunity is ours. When you say to yourself, I can handle this one, it's small, it'll be easy, you run the risk of moving forward in pride rather than moving forward in faith. And what does Proverbs say about pride? Pride goes before destruction, right? Mm -hmm. John 15, 5 says, without me, you can do nothing. That's where he talks about you uh, glorify the Father when we bear much fruit, but that requires dependency upon God. We mm -hmm. have to be connected to the vine vitally important for us to surrender our lives to Christ, to be dependent upon him, to trust in him. 
even in the darkest situations of our lives. And let me tell you what, I've been through some stuff myself, and during those times, my humanness wants to creep up. Mm -hmm. I want to take control, and I want to fix the problem. I'm a fixer. But God, through those times, is trying to shape us and teach us to continually depend on him and continually trust in him. Probably the reason why I reread that book every year. Yeah, I'm just like you. Because I'm your son. You have a final thought? I think we just need to take the mindset of it as God working in us when we take the opportunities to trust in him and depend on him. I've never heard it like that. and That was very assuring. Trust God, depend on him. Go read that book, Ruthless Trust, Brendan Manning. Give him a ding. Shameless plug. <laughs> okay, that wraps up the faith question. Let's move in. The music matters. All right, this is a time where we share music. I find music that I like that's recent. You find music that you like that's recent. Typically, you find music that I've never heard of, which is amazing because I'm in this industry. And then we also do the oldie but goldie. Uh-huh. And I got a good one today. Oh, do you? Let's start with uh, new music on my part. Hmm? We're talking about dependence and trust. We mentioned in the uh, discussion there, belief is one thing, but confidence takes belief one step further. So I have a new song. It's called Confidence, the band Sanctus Real. Oh. So Sanctus Real, they've been around a while. They had a lead singer change last couple of years. Did they? Bands do that from time to time. Uh, they change lead singers. Uh, Matt Hammett, who was the lead singer. Matt's got a child that has heart issues, that was born with heart issues, almost lost him. And so he's not able to travel as much as he used yeah. to be and really has focused on on family and ministry locally. Uh, so he stepped away as lead singer. One of the guys in the band, rather than the bands just saying, yeah, we're going to call it quits, felt God saying, hey, we're going to depend on you. We're going to trust in you. And he stepped up to take up the lead singer position. Now they're out there. They're putting out new music. They got a new song called Confidence. Here's a song from Sanctus Reef. I've always liked Sanctus Real. Good band. Good they band. Are. They are great guys. We look forward to working with them in their ministry here in the future. So, okay, right. you got a song for me? So my song, it is actually, so where I first heard this song, uh, we did it on church on Sunday and I was playing drums. It was just kind of like a upbeat, cheery, I don't know how to explain it, but you just have to listen to it. it. The song is called Oh Great Is Our God by The Sing Team. I've never heard of this band before. Is this an actual band? Yes. The, the Sing the, Team. The Sing Team. And gotta look these guys up. I've never heard of them. The, the, uh, me neither. And I just, I really like this song. We did it on Sunday. And yeah, here's a little snippet of it. I do remember that song from Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Excellent. So check that group out, the Sing Team. Oldie but Goldie. Ugh. This one, we're going to go back to 1985. I remember this vinyl record, the album art, this bright blue blazer from the 80s that was the album art with, with these medals hanging on the blazer. Huh. And it's the title track from Russ Taff called Medals title track of the album and the song I'm going to be playing. Let me just tell you about Russ Taff. He was in the Imperials, which you probably don't know who they are either. Early on, the Imperials have been around forever. I think they started like a Southern Gospel Quartet, moved in the contemporary realm, uh -huh. and literally, I think they still, in one form or another, travel and sing, believe it or not. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, Armin Morales, who is uh, maybe the main guy of the Imperials today, has got to be 75 to 80. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, still doing it. But Rust Half, when he was a young man, was in the Imperials, went out solo with medals. And the reason I picked this song is because uh, I'm super excited. Russ has a film coming out. Really? It's going to be in theaters on October 30th only. You know, like the Fathom events that they show? Uh So it's only on October 30th, only in certain theaters. Going to be the one close by to us. It's called Rust Half, I Still Believe, which is another big song from him. And it's a, a film about his life. He went through childhood trauma. And then also the behind the scenes battle he dealt with with alcoholism. So even through his hmm. ministry, yeah, he battled with alcoholism and has come out on the other side. And and all the childhood trauma he went through that contributed to it. Powerful testimony. I'm looking forward to it. I've not seen it. Just what I've read about it. Again, the film out October 30th in select theaters. Just Google Rust Half I Still Believe movie. You'll be able to find out if it's uh, near a theater near you. Here's Rust Half, 1985. Man, I remember playing his vinyl on radio in college. It's called Metals, Part of Music Matters. You really show your age with these songs. Good good. music. It was a good one. That's all that matters. All right, well, that closes up Music Matters for today. Time now for Culture Shock. All right, Culture Shock. I've been looking forward to this one. I Actually, I saw this article a few weeks ago, immediately printed it off, and then started doing some research on this phenomenon. You know, we, we do this podcast because we want to spark conversations over the table between parents and their either teenage kids, uh, college-age kids, adult children, doesn't matter, just that conversations on faith that we should continually have with our, our children. I saw this article as a college professor that wrote it about how not to be a lawnmower parent. A what? A lawnmower parent. So I had to look up what lawnmower parenting was. You've heard of the concept of helicopter parenting. Yeah, that's what I asked you when you first it, said. It's different because that's where parents hover over their children. They swoop in to rescue them at the first sign of trouble. Well, this is at the college level. I'm not saying that this happens at the university I work at, I'm not saying I've dealt with parents like this. Wink, wink. At the college level, the physical presence required to hover over your children, it's not there. So now they're observing a different parenting style. It's called lawnmower parents. These are parents who rush to campus, wherever their college student is, to intervene, saving their child from any potential inconvenience or problem or discomfort. There's other variations of this. They talk about the snow plow parent, the bulldozer parent, and uh, the curling parent. You know, curling where they push the discs on the ice. So it's the parent that jumps out in front of their child, sweeping away every obstacle in their way. I'm like, man, this is the thing we need to talk about on the podcast. Interesting. Maybe this is an issue that some parents don't even know they're dealing with. So how do you know if you're a lawnmower parent? Well, guess what? I found a list. Oh, my goodness. Here you go. Here you go. There's really uh, a list. The first one is bye-bye Fido and Fluffy. Before your child was even born, you found a new home for your dog and cat, so there was zero chance they might be scratched, bitten, or even have an allergy. So this is like you mo- remove it out even before they're born. Number two, you're a picky play dater. In an effort to squash playdate fights before they happen, you hand-select meeker, younger kids as companions for your children. Uh-uh. Yeah, seriously. Did you do that to me? No. Okay. I, I am the, the opposite side of lawnmower <laughs> parenting. I, I parent the way that I was parented. Like if someone has chicken pox, you're like, hey, go hug them. Get it out of the way. You know, we used to eat dirt 
for a living, you know? You referee the fights. You stop arguments brewing between your children and other children rather than having them work it out themselves. Yeah. You got your kid golf lessons starting at age two because it's never too early. You red shirt up the wazoo. That's the word they use. If your child is anywhere near cutoff of making a team, you decide to hold them back a year or if they don't make the cut in class, oh, we'll just hold them back a year so they can be bigger and older than the rest of the kids in their class. You want them to be the star quarterback, so hey, we'll hold them back a year, so then they'll be older and stronger. I actually know be... someone who was whose parents held them back in high school like three years. Yeah, because they wanted him to be. You want him to be smarter. You want to be valedictorian, so you hold them back. You quote help them with homework, and of course, by what I mean helping is you do it. By the time I was a freshman, no eighth grade, you yeah. didn't even couldn't even help me with my homework anymore. It's pretty much true. Certain subjects, absolutely. You volunteer for the PTA. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't volunteer for the PTA. It's not so much the goodness of your heart. It's because you know it'll get you in good with the teachers and the principal of the school. Uh, What's your rationale for volunteering with the PTA? You network up a storm. You call every mover and shaker you know to request summer internships for your child. Later on, you hit them up again with glowing letters of recommendation for college. You bribe admissions officers. Is that a thing? I don't know. When you mail I'll in your child's my admissions counselor. When you mail in your child's application, you include a little something extra for the admissions officer. Homemade cookies, spa certificates. These are characteristics of lawnmower parents. Now, what kind of effect does lawnmower parenting have on a child? Found that too. Oh my goodness, you did your research. I did. The detrimental effects on your child. Your child becomes poorly equipped to deal with routine growing and learning experiences. Everything from asking for directions, dealing with an annoying roommate in college, broader communication skills like communicating with superiors, negotiating for something she wants, coping with disappointment. Huh. They don't develop a sense of personal motivation or drive since she knows only how to follow the path that you as a lawnmower parent have prepared for them. Can't make decisions big or small without the guidance of others. Constantly receives the message that they aren't good enough to do it by themselves. In essence, you as a lawnmower parent have repeatedly demonstrated to the child that they cannot be trusted to accomplish things on their own. So how do we avoid this? Is there a list for that too? A few. If you have school-aged children, start practicing now. Let your kids do the talking themselves as soon as possible. Let them order their own meal if you go out to a restaurant. Let them ask for directions. Calling a friend on a phone and actually talking to them instead of arranging that play date yourself. If you have high school kids, there's still room to get them involved. If they need to miss a quiz or do a makeup quiz, have them talk to the teacher. We did this with you, didn't we? Yep. It's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Only intervene after they've made the first attempt on their own. Kids of all ages. This is important, guys. Listen. Trust your kid to do well. We're back to trust again. How yeah. I tied that together. You like that? Yeah. Tell them repeatedly that you believe that they can make good decisions on their own. Give them room to make mistakes, even major ones sometimes, and learn from them together. The best advice you can give your teenager or college student is this. Three simple words. And I've told these words to you, haven't I? Figure it out. Oh, yeah. It's yep. okay if they fail. Thought that was an interesting topic for culture shock. Yeah. So don't take it the wrong way if you have a lot of those characteristics. I know you love your kids. You want to do the best for them, but maybe sometimes the best for them. In your eyes, it's not the actual best for them. Yeah. All right, that's Culture Shock. 
Thanks so much for listening this week. Kind of stuck with the topic of dependency and trust and trusting not only God and depending on him, but then our own children as they grow up mm-hmm. and the difference between belief and confidence and that we can have belief in God and in Christ, but confidence takes it to the next level. So hopefully this challenges you, gave you some perspective. Thanks so much for tuning in. We do appreciate you listening each and every week on The Kitchen Table. Again, if you want to contact us, you can reach out to us. At the uh, Kitchen Table Facebook page that's on shine.fm Chicago. It's a private group, but we will add you. Sure we will. We will not turn you down. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm utter underscore butter 99. And I'm Brian Utter. So if you just want to give us some feedback, faith questions you have music you want us to do yeah maybe you have a new song we haven't yeah maybe we don't even know it yet you could introduce it to us yeah and we'll give you a little shout out so thanks very much for tuning in we appreciate you tuning in have a wonderful week we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the kitchen table on the shine.fm podcast network from olivet nazarene university be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith music and culture